Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Hello and welcome to another week of the Rotor World Baseball Podcast, winding down the regular season here. I'm DJ Short and with me here as always is Drew Silva. Drew, how's it going? It's good, man. Um, yeah, I think we have some pretty cool shows coming up to round out the, I guess, basically final three weeks or, or two weeks of the regular season. We'll have three more regular season episodes. Uh, we'll go through the normal headlines, uh, break those down and the fantasy impact of them. But then at the end of each show, like maybe half of the show or a third of the show, we'll kind of do a theme. This this week we're going to do... Uh, ranking the starting pitchers for fantasy purposes for 2019. Um, Next week we'll do the, the top two rounds. We'll project the top two rounds of 2019 drafts. So that'll be some good debate, some interesting topics. And then the the last week of the regular season, we'll kind of do fantasy disappointments and surprises. Um, So some, some good content looking ahead to next season and, and also reflecting on what has happened this year. Yeah, looking forward to it. And also get us, I guess, start to think about the Riddle World Draft Guide, which we work on uh, every winter, uh, starting to look ahead to 2019. Um, we're going to take a little break after that, but then we'll do a hot stove preview episode, which we did last year, um, kind of get into some things we could see during the off season. So a lot to come, which I think will be a lot of fun. Uh, but to start with, we're going to get into the headlines right now. Then we're going to get into the starting pitchers for 2019. Um, I'll get us started with headlines, and first thing for me, David Wright uh, had a press had a press conference Thursday uh, afternoon at City Field, a very emotional one. Uh, at that, he was talking through tears for for part of it, um, and b- basically he announced that they'll be that he'll be added to the active roster for the Mets' final homestand begins September 25th. Uh, and then he's going to start at third base on Saturday, September 29th. Um, Sunday's the final day of the season, so uh, the game before the final game of the season, he'll be in the starting lineup, uh, and that's going to be it for him. Um, doctors have told Wright there's not going to be any improvement with the litany of injuries that he's had uh, in recent years, the back, the neck, the shoulder, uh, multiple surgeries, um, and it sounds like he's going to be considered physically unable to perform after that date. Um, sort of similar to maybe what we saw with Prince Fielder and, and what he worked out with the Rangers. Um, Wright still has a couple of years left on his contract. Maybe they work out some kind of settlement uh, for the final years of his deal. We'll, we'll just have to see how that plays out. But 
um, you know, he's going to get to go out on his own terms, uh, playing the playing a game for the first time in over two years. So the last time he played in a game was May twenty seventh, twenty sixteen. So a send off in front of the fans at City Field, which he deserves, which with all he's done for that franchise, I plan to be there. Uh, he yeah, also, he, cool. yeah, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be a great moment for for the fans to to get a chance to say goodbye and offer their appreciation uh, for everything he's done. Um, you know, gets a chance to play in front of his daughters for the first time, which obviously means a lot to him. You could tell as he was talking. Um, so the results don't really matter here if he goes 0 for 4 or whatever. Um, you know, it's it's bittersweet in the sense that you have to wonder where he'd be if he didn't have all these injuries crop up over the past few years. He was on a Hall of Fame path, uh, potentially. Um, but I'm glad he'll get a chance to suit up one last time at the very least. Uh, I think... Um, like I said, he'll get to go out um, on his own terms with with some peace of mind. So I think that's a good thing. He's got to be the greatest Mets player that stuck his whole career with the Mets, right? Yeah, there's no I question. Mean, they, they've, no yeah, question. I mean, they've had some good players, but players that played for other teams as well. So yeah, I, uh, I mean, they'll, they'll retire his jersey, don't you think? Yeah, I could see it happening as soon as next year, you know? Yeah, wow. Um, you know, Tom Seaver should have never <laughs> left the Mets. They should have never traded him. Um, but you know, they called Tom Seaver the franchise, uh, for such a long time, but obviously he made some other stops, but, um, you know, David Wright's someone who came up in 2004 and, and for me, you know, someone I, you know, my baseball fandom, you know, at least being fully engaged in, in baseball and, you know, my writing career and everything like that has all happened during that time. So, um, he's meant a lot to me as a player and, and I'm glad he, he gets a chance to at least go back on out on the field one last time and, you know, it is a shame that he, you know, he's going to fall short probably of, of the Hall of Fame, but uh, he's yeah. still, you know, look back, you know, if you didn't really get a chance to watch him play, look back at his baseball reference page. I mean, th- from 2005 to 2010, I don't think there was a better third baseman in baseball. He was really that good. Yeah, by all accounts, just a, a really good dude. Yeah, I mean, that's field. it. That's it also. I mean, um, especially in New York, it's a, it's a tough place to play. The media's always on you but from anything i've ever heard he's just super accommodating uh, very polite and even after all of the hard years the mets have had um, basically since 2009 um, you know he's always stood up there and answered questions just very professional and really anything you'd want a player to be for your franchise you know he's been that so I saw I saw a Darren Rovell tweet about how he's made like 52 million dollars <laughs> since he last played a game but yeah. he also only made 15 million dollars for the first six years of his career when he he was put on a hall of fame track so i think it, it, it evens out. it evens out yeah. it evens out yeah but i mean that's a that's a common sentiment among mets fans during this time that Wright has been sidelined they're like why doesn't he just retire already yeah, yeah, yeah. um and obviously if he was to retire he'd be giving up that money that he rightfully earned so um it's just a little more complicated than that obviously yeah. so um, other third base news, something that's a bit more fantasy relevant, Josh Donaldson, he made his long-awaited debut for the Indians this week. Of course, Donaldson was, a, was acquired at, right on August 31st, right before that waiver trade deadline. Um, the Indians immediately put him on the DL so he could play some minor league rehab games, uh, but he made his first start on Tuesday, went 0-4, for 4, uh, was limited to a pinch hit appearance on Wednesday, but he's expected to be back in the starting lineup Friday against the Tigers. You know, and I'm sure the Indians will do everything they can to make sure Donaldson gets regular rests for his calf, which 
has been a lingering issue. The Indians have the AL Central sewed up, so uh, look for him to be a part-time player the rest of the way. Not ideal for fantasy owners. You're going to have to watch that lineup card, but obviously he's capable of providing a nice boost if you've been patient with him until now. Yeah, you were talking about um, the hot stove at, at the jump, and I, I was just thinking about what kind of contract he's going to get this winter. Maybe um, a one-year this, deal, and he, you know, it's like a prove-it contract. Maybe he goes back out. Maybe, yeah. Man, some someone's going to give him three years. Probably. <laughs> I, and this is going to be the most interesting off-season ever, or at least since we've been writing for Roto World, which is ten years, um, and we've known that's coming for a long time. But I think with what happened last winter, with some big-time free agents having to settle for a lot less than expected, and then. You know, guys not signing until February, even March. It all sets up for a whole lot of intrigue. Like, obviously, you have Manny Machado and Bryce Harper setting the market for position players. Then A.J. Pollock, uh, Donaldson. I think Yasmani Grandal is a sneaky one who could command some high dollars having a good season from a power standpoint. Even Michael Brantley. Um, And then on the pitcher side, you know, Patrick Corbin, possibly Clayton Kershaw, Dallas Keuchel, Charlie Morton, Craig Kimbrell. Um, will this entire market wait on Machado and Harper? And I kind of hope they sign at the winter meetings or before it, uh, just so it's not the, the waiting game again that we saw last offseason. For some reason, I think that's what's going to happen. We're just going to be I waiting know. until February <laughs> for those guys. I know. Or at least one of them. But the thing about Donaldson that's interesting, I think he's going to be 33 in December. Uh, um, so he's a, he's a little up there. And then having the, the calf issues that he's had in recent years, I mean... Uh, you know, I, I don't think he's going to get as much maybe as as we might have thought. But maybe it'll there be like a lot of teams gearing up to spend this winter, and I and I wonder if they miss out on some guys if they'll just. But yeah, I don't know. Teams are teams definitely operate smarter than they used to. Like maybe that would have happened before, where hey, we 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 had designs to spend ninety million dollars this winter, so we're just going to throw it at Josh Donaldson. But, yeah. So with the Indians, um, we're seeing Jose Ramirez slide over to second base, Jason Kipnis in center field now. Um, Ramirez was at second base, even with Donaldson out of the lineup on Wednesday. Eric Gonzalez played third base. Rajay Davis was in center field. So I suspect we continue to see Ramirez and Kipnis at their new positions, uh, regardless of whether Donaldson's in the lineup, just so they can get as many reps as possible before the postseason. Uh, Probably the safest way to play for the Indians. Um, we talked about the Cardinals closer situation possibly being in flux on last week's episode. And, and, and sure enough, manager Mike Schild announced this week that Carlos Martinez would be the new primary ninth inning man. Uh, we both recommend picking him up in leagues where he was dropped after it was announced that he wouldn't get any more starts the rest of the way. Um, so hope, hopefully you did that. I, I know he was like still owned in 70% of leagues, but I think in more competitive leagues where people are actually paying attention, some people might have dropped him. For sure. Um, but yeah, definitely owned now, or if he's not, you know, go get him. Uh, Bud Norris has seemingly just run out of steam. I, I think he can be dropped, uh, given how little time left there is in the regular season. It's maybe worth keeping Jordan Hicks if you have big rosters. Uh, he does have three saves over the last three or so weeks. Strikeout rate is up in the second half, uh, but the man to own is obviously Carlos Martinez, bringing that really good raw stuff to the ninth inning role, has turned up the velocity on his fastball as a reliever, um, throwing that new cutter, which has been a good pitch for him against lefties this year, can also dip into 
other parts of his arsenal. It's like five to seven pitches, depending on how you want to categorize them. He's great to watch uh, as a reliever in short spurts like that. Um, already has three saves since last Wednesday. The Cardinals face a really tough schedule to round out the regular season. Four versus the Dodgers, three at the Braves, three versus the Giants, three versus the Brewers, and then their final three games are against the Cubs at Wrigley Field. Um, they're two games up on the second National League wildcard spot as we record here on Thursday evening. So this is must-win territory against some of the better teams in the National League. Um, I think we'll see a lot of Carlos Martinez anytime they have the lead going into the eighth or ninth, possibly even seventh inning. Um, he's certainly capable of two-inning saves. Already did that once last week in Washington. Um, maybe even see some three-inning saves. Should be a really valuable fantasy closer the west the rest of the way the, the given how much the cardinals are gonna, gonna have to lean on him another contender in the national league the diamondbacks uh the back end of their bullpen is is very interesting at this point um long list of heartbreaking losses for them recently uh, mostly because of their bullpen um and that list got even longer wednesday yoshihisa hirano uh, gave up a walk-off two-run homer to dj lebehu um the first place rockies by the way uh, one and a half games up on the Dodgers, three and a half games up on the Diamondbacks now. Of course, Brad Boxberger uh, began the year as the closer and was actually pretty good for a while, but he was recently pulled from the role after giving up six runs and four appearances this month. Hirano locked down his first save on Tuesday against the Rockies before blowing it on Wednesday. Now, it should be said that Hirano had allowed just one earned run over his last 19 appearances going into Wednesday, so he's probably still at the top of the depth chart there. Um, Archie Bradley's had a shaky second half, but I guess he could be in the mix too. Maybe even Brad Ziegler, though. Uh, I suspect they'd like to use him in other situations where they need a ground ball. So um, a shaky, uncertain situation there for fantasy owners as the Diamondbacks try to stay in the mix for a playoff spot. They're right there in the NL West and the wild card as well. But uh, it looks like Hirano's the guy right now, but that's obviously subject to change. Yeah, I'd expect a lot of mixing and matching. Though Ziegler's turnaround has been pretty amazing. I mean, he had a 7.88 ERA as of June 1st. Um, and Oof. I think everyone thought he was done. You know, he's 38 years old, going on 39. Since then, since June 1st, a 1.64 ERA in 44 innings. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So been been a really nice sneaky pickup for the Diamondbacks, who had one of the best bullpens in, in baseball for a while. Uh, now it looks like they they might be out of it. I saw Clay Buckles was scratched from his start on Thursday afternoon at Coors Field. Uh, so they had had to go with Matt Koch, who was getting blown up uh, last time I checked. And if they lose that one, uh, I think they're pretty much done. Yeah, I saw I saw that um, this afternoon. I actually earlier today I I tweeted something out about the the best ERAs in the majors since the All Star break and. Zach Wheeler is tied with Trevor Williams, which is another guy you wouldn't expect to be at the top of the list. Um, but Clay Buckholz was was right on there too. Uh, I think he was behind David Price. So I mean, he's been, um, you know, not really getting a lot of attention, but very val- very valuable as the Diamondbacks try to hang around in this thing. Yeah, so. it's it's an elbow injury for Buckholz too. So his his season's probably over, even if they somehow figure out a way to get back into the mix. Um, Yankees manager Aaron Boone told reporters Wednesday that Aroldis Chapman is trending toward a return from his left knee tendonitis sometime next week, possibly early in the week. Chapman threw a successful bullpen session on Wednesday in Minnesota in front of Yankees trainers and coaches, then flew back to New York to get 
more treatment. He'll meet up back with the team at Yankee Stadium on Friday, do another throwing workout. It might be a simulated game. If that goes well, I think it could be uh, time to activate him and, and all systems go. He, he's been out since, since August 22nd with that knee tendonitis. Dellen Batances and David Robertson have been filling in at closer with Batances getting the bulk of the ninth inning workload recently. The Yankees are, are fighting the A's uh, to host the American League wildcard game. And this wasn't an arm injury for Chapman. So I think he, he's going to be thrown right back in to the fire as the primary closer to close out the regular season. Maybe gets one low leverage appearance first just to make sure everything's okay. But but yeah, should be opportunity there for him to, to have strong fantasy output uh, over the final 12 to 13 days of the regular season whenever he comes back. And speaking of the A's, they continue to win baseball games, uh, amazingly. Um, six straight, uh, seven out of eight, and they have 89 wins already. Um, could, as you said, could very well catch the Yankees. I think they're one game back right now for that top AL wildcard spot. But whatever they do moving forward, they're going to have to do it without their most talented starting pitcher, Sean Manaya, And not just for this year, but uh, potentially next year as well. Uh, Manaya is set to undergo arthroscopic surgery on his shoulder next Wednesday. Um, we should know more about an exact timetable after the surgery is completed, but A's manager Bob Melvin said that the expectation is that it will be basically a year before he's ready to go, and if that's true, that would be a real shame. Uh, Manaya was having a career year prior to the shoulder issues, 3.59 ERA and 27 starts, uh, really leading this sort of ragtag rotation, uh, which we've seen both in innings and wins. Throw a no-hitter against the Red Sox um, back on April 21st. Um, so it's really too bad, but I mean, the A's are, are winning anyway, so I don't know. Yeah, and also Trevor Cahill is dealing with an upper back injury likely to be skipped on his next turn in the rotation this Saturday against the Rays. Probably another bullpen game for Oakland, which is not a bad strategy for them right now. They're loaded in the bullpen. Yeah. Um, Cahill struggled badly last, I think it was Sunday against the Rangers. Uh, so it seems like this back injury might be a lingering thing for him and, and might be more than just a minor blip. I guess Mike Fires is, is your wild card game starter for the A's. Uh, Sounds like it, yeah. I mean, he's been great uh, since they picked him up in a waiver trade with the Tigers. I think that was on August 3rd. A 5-0 record, 2.72 ERA, 42-7 to strikeouts to walk ratio in 39 innings. The A's are undefeated on days he pitches. They're 7-0. and um, So, yeah, he might be the guy. Crazy. Um, they're fun to watch, though. It's 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 amazing. It's just amazing that they're that they're doing this. Uh, it is like I said, eighty nine wins. I mean, they're probably going to win ninety five plus games. I mean, who would have thought that coming into the year? It's really crazy. We have some more headlines here in a second. Before we get to that, though, fantasy football is back. I hope Week One treated you guys well. I lost both Leonard Fournette and Delaney Walker in in my lineup, so it could have gone better for me. But I'm excited to get back in there for Week Two. And with that in mind, fantasy football fans, listen up you need to try my new favorite fantasy football app. It's called Draft. It's weekly fantasy football, but with no salary caps. On Draft, you play in live snake drafts with other people, just like in your season-long league. And here's how it works. It's a draft that lasts for just one week, and there's no management involved. You just set it and forget it. Once you're done drafting, that's it. There's no trades. There's no waiver wire. It's very simple. Drafts start every couple of minutes, so you can join one right now. And the best part, you play for cold, hard cash. Drafts start from just $1, so there's really a draft for everyone. No salary caps. Play in a live snake draft, just like you do with your friends in a season-long league. 
And now there's even an option to do auction drafts, which is definitely an interesting wrinkle. Come and join me on Draft today. Download the app anytime. Just search Draft in your app store and join a game in minutes or play right from your computer on Draft.com. Whatever you want, multiple ways to play. For a limited time only, all new players get a free entry into a draft when you make your first deposit. But you have to use my promo code RW. That's right. Play a real money game for free just for using my promo code RW on your first deposit on Draft. Just search Draft in your app store or go to Draft.com. Play, come play for free with promo code RW. Uh, some more injury news. You Darvish underwent arthroscopic, arthroscopic surgery on his right elbow Wednesday. Uh, that wraps up a highly disappointing first year with him and the Cubs. Signed to a six-year, $126 million free agent contract in February. Uh, he worked just 40 innings over eight starts for the Cubs this season to the tune of a 4.95 ERA. Um, this is a minor surgery. It's more of a cleanup, not overly invasive. He should be 100% for the start of spring training in 2019, but you know, there's there's still a lot of reason for concern about, I think, what kind of pitcher he's going to be moving forward. Um, won't be in my top 10 fantasy starters for no. 2019. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, a, yeah. that's a teaser for our uh, cl- <laughs> closing segment on this week's show. <laughs> yeah. More surgery news here. Pirates outfielder Gregor, Gregory Polanco is done for the year. He had this awkward slide in the second base last Friday against the Marlins. Not only did he suffer a significant bone bruise to his left knee, Uh, It's going to require six to eight weeks of rehab, but he also underwent surgery on Wednesday to repair a dislocated left shoulder. It's unclear what the timetable is following that shoulder surgery, but either way, an unfortunate end to his season and something we'll have to track closely as the spring approaches. Polanco had an up and down year, but he posted new career highs with 23 homers and an 839 OPS, finished with 81 RBIs as well, 75 runs scored, likely would have reached career highs in both of those categories if he was able to finish out the year. And with Polanco out, we should see Adam Frazier pretty regularly down the stretch. Uh, He's seen regular at-bats between the outfield and second base recently, hitting leadoff most of the past week. And since returning from the minors at the end of July, he's hitting 331 with a 379 on base percentage, five homers in that time. Not a ton of counting stat upside necessarily. He's not going to dominate any one category, but Gets on base, a useful guy with multi-position eligibility. So I think it could really come in handy down the stretch. Yeah, had such high hopes for Polanco. Yeah, I remember uh, those those pictures so, we saw in the spring yeah. of him just being totally jacked. And Looking yeah, like B- Bane from Batman. <laughs> yeah, really. And he got off to a bit of a slow start, but um, you know the underlying metrics always said that you know he's making solid contact, um, and there was reason to be encouraged, and he did bounce back. So yeah, had had a, had a very peak and valley season yes. mostly delivered on on the hype though when he was healthy you know i think so but i mean you know the shoulder and a knee injury which seemed know, like I not know. not minor injuries um you know reason to be concerned i think going into 2019 but we'll see i'll probably be targeting him in drafts though because i feel like he's going to be a middle round guy and he'll have you know top four round upside if, if he's healthy it's very possible yeah um, we touched on the Padres call-up of Francisco Mejia last week, and I think we both agreed that he'd probably have to do some early damage to position himself for something close to everyday playing time down the stretch, given the presence of Austin Hedges at catcher and the crowd of young corner outfielders in San Diego. Um, and then, you know, sure enough, in his first start with the Padres last Thursday against the Reds, 
He homered in his first two plate appearances. That was like an hour um, after we recorded the show, too. I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bat- batted seventh in the lineup that day, uh, moved up to the second spot in the lineup this past Tuesday, and then hit leadoff on Wednesday. Um, has a 932 OPS through his first seven games, 20 plate appearances with the Padres. Obviously, that's buoyed by the two home runs in Cincinnati. It's a small sample size, but I, I think it's clear the Padres want to see more of him. And, and when he's playing, the, the bat carries obvious fantasy upside to me. I think he can be an impactful guy for what remains of this season. And then we'll see where he is uh, and, and, and if he's going to have a starting job in San Diego if, or if he's playing for a different team heading into next season. But you re- just I really like the bat. And I think he hit leadoff maybe yesterday. Yeah, yeah, I would say. Um, so... I mean, I don't know how much more often he's going to do that down the stretch, but obviously that boosts his value a bit uh, in fantasy leagues too. Yep. Last one for me as far as uh, news and notes here. Dodgers left-hander Julio Urias made his way back to the majors following shoulder capsule surgery. Um, he was added back to the active roster on Monday. Has yet to make an appearance, but the numbers on his rehab assignment were pretty encouraging. He struck out 19 batters uh, with four walks over 10 and two-thirds innings. Um, so some encouraging numbers there. Uh, after, especially after the type of surgery that he had. Uh, that's no easy thing to come back from. Uh, the Dodgers plan to use Arias as a one-inning reliever uh, down the stretch. Uh, won't have him pitch on back-to-back days. Um, so not going to be any fantasy value here, but um, no doubt he's going to be an interesting name to follow next spring, uh, whether they stretch him out as a starter, maybe they stash him in the minors for a little while. I'm sure they're going to watch his innings really carefully. Um, but I think he's someone who's going to be relevant next year if he can stay healthy. Um, you know, you hate to see anything with the shoulder. Again, like, this is a really hard thing to come back from, but Marais is still super young. He just turned 22 years old last month, so hopefully this is the start of a promising future for him. All right, let's, uh, let's get into our top fantasy starters for let's 2019. Yeah, this, sh- this should be good. How, how do you want to do this? You want me to you can, list mine? Yeah, you can list yours and... Um, uh, I guess depending on how close it is, I'll, I'll list mine. We don't want to bore okay. people to death, but yeah, go for it. Um, number one, Max Scherzer. Two, Chris Sale. Three, Jacob deGrom. Four, Garrett Cole. Five, Clayton Kershaw. Six, Blake Snell. Seven, Aaron Nola. Eight, Luis Severino. Nine, Justin Verlander. Ten, Corey Kluber. All right. Okay, I think... Close? We... Mm, not really. Okay, that's good. Um, one through three, we're, we're in line. Uh, Scherzer, yep. Sale, DeGrom. Um, that's where the differences start to come in. I have Kluber at four. I have, I have Verlander at five. I have Aaron, yeah. Aaron Nola at six. Kershaw at seven. Garrett Cole at eight. Uh, Blake Snell at nine. And Noah Syndergaard at ten. So, um, so I'll, I'll just start with Kluber then. Um, I don't know. It might seem a little reactionary to to have him down at 10th. I mean, he's coming off one of the worst outings of his career, lasted just one and two thirds innings Monday in a loss to the Raves. But I mean, this is obviously more about more about more than that. Um, He just hasn't been quite as dominant this season. The strikeout rate at a six year low, he'll turn 33 years old next April. Definitely still one of the steadiest pitchers around. Um, They call him the clue bot for a reason, but I just can't ignore the trends. Um, I'll probably be, be tempted to rank rotation mates Carlos Carrasco and Trevor Bauer um, up up near him 
uh, yeah. going into next spring. I mean, you got to have him in your top 10, but I, I'm worried about the strikeout rate. I'm, I'm worried about the age. Yeah, I mean, it was a tough call. I was waffling on where to put Kluber here, honestly. I was waffling on, on all of these, honestly. It, <laughs> once, it took me a while. Once I got past the top three, it, it was hard because I think there's a lot yep. of questions with uh, with many of these names, I think there's a clear drop off after that. The top three here, um, you know, Aaron Nola doesn't have the strikeout rate of some of these other guys. So as much as I love him, it's kind of hard to put him, you know, inside that top five with me. Um, you know, Justin Verlander's getting up there. He's going to be 36 in February, so you know the age concerns me a little bit. Um, Garrett Cole has been since the beginning of August dropped off a little bit. Um, you know, the strikeout percentage is just out of this world. So he's having a career yeah. year, but he has dropped off a little bit since the start of August. So that, you know, maybe I'm nitpicking, um, but I, I pushed him down a little. Uh, I think the toughest call um, was Clayton Kershaw. Um, and I think you had him at five. Is that right? I, I did, yeah. I mean, durability has obviously become an issue and the strikeout rate is down. But I've been pretty encouraged by his second half. 2.11 ERA in 85 innings since June 28th. No hint of any more trouble with his back or biceps, tendonitis. He's only 30 years old, uh, which seems weird. I think he'll exercise the opt-out in his contract this offseason, but probably just to turn the the $70 million he's owed from the Dodgers into something like $120, million, still with the Dodgers. Uh, footing that bill. He has a 2.09 career ERA at Dodger Stadium, and that, that sample size is, is over 1,100 innings. Um, so I'm taking him toward the end of the second round next year and feeling really good about it. Well, Kershaw was my number one starter going in the year. I think he was with most people. Yeah. Um, but with those back issues in recent years, I think you have to build in your expectations that he's going to miss some time with it. Um, and, you know, he always manages to make it back, but maybe one of these years he won't, you know what I mean? And, um, you look at the velocities been down this year, really noticeably. So the swinging strike rate is way down. I'm a little more worried about him, uh, than I am with Kluber. So that's ultimately why I put Kluber higher. Cause he's still been really good. Even if, you know, there have been some blips recently, even with Kluber, the strikeout percentage is down and the swinging strike percentage too. Uh, like you said, um, and if you remember back in spring training, I was kind of doing mental gymnastics to not put Scherzer as my number one starting Yeah, pitcher. I do remember that. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm just not going to question it anymore. He's, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, I know he's, he's 34 years old and, yeah. and he's going to be 35 next July, but there's been no indication of a slowdown. He's actually been better than ever yeah. at age 34. Best uh, ERA velocity. plus of his career. Yeah. Yep, a career high uh, fastball velocity, like you said, leads all major league inners, leads all leads all major leaguers in innings pitched, career low ERA, career low WHIP, twelve strikeouts per nine innings that matches his career high that he set last year. Seventeen wins on a really disappointing Nationals team. Every reason to think they'll be contenders next year. Um, yeah, unless something goes wrong over the next few weeks or, or over the winter or at spring training next year, I think he's. He's got to be the number one, even though he's going to be playing his age 35 season. 250 strikeouts in five straight years. Um, so that's, that's just a bankable, you know, you don't have to worry about it. Once, once you draft him, you, you feel pretty safe for, for, you know, a couple of rounds or three or four rounds. You don't have to get another starting pitcher if you don't want. Um, Chris Sale. Yeah, yeah. We should talk about Chris Sale. Just 
Um, we both had him at number two. I, for me, it's kind of a tentative ranking. Um, you, I mean, the upside is obvious, but it's, it kind of depends on how he finishes the regular season and how he looks in the playoffs. Um, a shoulder issue has limited, limited him to two starts in six total innings since July 27th. And we know how shoulder injuries go for pitchers. They, they tend to pop up again. Um, but he did strike out two batters in a scoreless inning in his return from the DL on Tuesday in Baltimore. He's scheduled to go three innings Sunday against the Rays, should go to five innings after that, and so on and so on. Undeniable upside when he's healthy. Uh, currently leads the American League in ERA, or among starters at least, with a 1.96 mark. Proven capable of 300 strikeouts. 13.5K uh, per nine is currently tops in all of Major League Baseball. Boston's the best team in the league this year, at least in terms of regular season wins. They'll be stacked again in 2019. Who are they losing? Like Kimbrel and Nathan Eovaldi? I think that's that's about it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they could end up keeping Kimbrel. So, I mean, you know, uh, it's a great situation. Uh, no doubt about that. And uh, this is a fun tidbit here. After Sale became the first AL pitcher in 18 years to reach 300 strikeouts last season, he actually has a higher strikeout percentage this season. So he's been even better uh, if that's somehow possible. So hopefully this shoulder situation doesn't turn out to be, you know, anything major. Um, but the AL Cy Young race should be really interesting. And someone that uh, you were high on, you had him number six, uh, Blake Snell. I had him at ninth, so I'm, I'm high on him, but I, I'm wondering your thoughts on him. Yeah, I mean, probably the best draft day value on the board this no spring. Doubt. Amongst no pitchers made pitchers. a bigger jump. Yeah. I mean, we knew if he found better control, better command, that, that the raw stuff would play at, at an ace-like level. He's been, you know, was ranked as one of the top starters and starting pitching prospects in baseball for a while. Um, and, and, and here he is with a league-best 19 wins, 2.03 ERA, 195 strikeouts in 164 innings. The walk rate is way down. Like you said, could be your American League Cy Young Award winner if he finishes strong because um, – you know, Sale's not going to really be able to build his resume much more. Kluber, um, kind of a down year, at least in terms of strikeouts. Um, yeah, Snell had some shoulder fatigue back in July, but only missed two weeks and has, has been even better since returning. So I think we can put that in the past, hopefully. Uh, 25 years old, has a pitcher-friendly ballpark in Tampa Bay. He has a 1.24 ERA this year at home, which is just absurd. I was reading Mike Petriello of MLB.com. It's uh, one of the lowest home ERAs since the color barrier was broken by Jackie Robinson. Crazy. Um, so he has been incredible. There's you know always going to be talk of the Rays trading him, but I just can't see it happening uh, anytime soon, given what he's done this year. Maybe maybe that'll fire up again next summer, but I don't think it'll happen over the winter. I think maybe the only thing separating him, and he did miss a little bit of time. Uh, is just the innings. Um, he flirted with the no-hitter on Wednesday. Jose Ramirez spoiled that one ultimately, but it was the first time since July 7th uh, that Snell completed seven innings in a start. So he's up to 164 innings this year. Maybe he pushes 200 innings next year. If he does that, I think he can take that sort of next step to be you know, the sort of upper echelon fantasy ace. So I think maybe we're projecting a little bit with Snell that he can have that higher workload next year. I think that's fair to say. Yeah. Uh, Jacob DeGrom at number 
we both had a number three. Uh, he used to be one of the more underrated pitchers in baseball. Is, is certainly not that way anymore. Heading towards a surefire top two finish in the NL Cy Young Award uh, balloting. Might even finish first over Scherzer in the voting, despite a, a win total that may or may not climb into the double digits. He only has eight three wins. starts left. Yeah. yeah, and he's sitting on eight wins. Um, but the ERA 1.71 leads all of Major League Baseball by a good margin. Strikeouts, 239 and 195 innings, has allowed three or fewer runs in 26 consecutive starts, breaking a record that stood for 108 years. Um, I think the Mets will be better next year. They're above 500 so far in the second half. Uh, either way, we know a pitcher's win-loss record doesn't really reflect individual performance all the time. I don't think it um, could be any worse for him <laughs> from a run support yeah, pers- it's crazy. perspective. I mean, so. if he posts an ERA under... 1.80 next year I'm thinking he's gonna win more than eight games <laughs> yeah I mean he's really taken things to another level this year um, improved control career high strikeout percentage swing strike percentage he's pumping like ridiculous velocity late in games not giving up a lot of hard contact and and he's just a bulldog he's a competitor and believes in his stuff um, so I have a lot of confidence he's going to be an elite option again I mean and we can't rule out the possibility that you know, the Mets get a new general manager. Maybe they trade DeGrom and, and try to get some prospects. I wouldn't rule out the possibility, probably unlikely, but, you know, maybe he ends up in a more favorable situation from an offensive perspective. So who knows? But either way, I think he's established himself to jump into that, you know, fantasy ace tier. I guess I'll make my case for Garrett Cole at number four. Yeah, do it. Um, I, I know that he's faded a little bit in the second half, but I, I think it's a small enough sample that, I mean, you look at the whole picture, he has unlocked his potential in Houston. The strikeout rate, like you talked about, took a massive leap, 260 strikeouts in 187 innings. Um, as we record here on September 13th, um, 12.5 K per nine, his previous career best in that category was 9.0 in, in an injury shortened 2014 season with the pirates. He's allowed only 132 hits in 187 innings this year. Uh, just turned 28 years old. We'll be back in Houston for the 2019 season. And it'll be a contract year for him if you're into that narrative. It seems to be more of like an NFL narrative. But uh, would, would seem to be a good candidate for a contract extension this winter or next spring. Uh, great team around him offensively and defensively. Um, I think he might even be capable of another step forward in 2019. Um, this, he's one of those spin rate revolution guys. And Cole has sort of been going back and forth with his teammate Justin Verlander for the strikeout lead in the American League. Verlander has 258 strikeouts and just 35 walks and 195 innings this season. And really what a turnaround for him in Houston. Yeah. After a strong finish with his new team last year, he's put up a 2.72 ERA and 31 starts this season. He actually has the highest strikeout per- percentage of his career, which is really saying something. Now, I mentioned this earlier, the main knock against Verlander is that he's going to be 36 in February. Still, he's been so good that I just can't let him fall far, and he's in a great situation there with the Astros lineup. I have him fifth. Maybe I'm going to waver on this a little bit. I think if I have some time to stew on things over the winter, maybe I'll move Cole up. You know, we'll see how things go. But, um, you know, either of those guys, I think you'd be really happy to have them on your roster. Yeah, I mean, Verlander definitely deserves to be higher than where I have him at, at ninth. Uh, you laid out the numbers, but 
Yeah, I mean, he's 35, will turn 36 next February. A lot of tread on his tires, 700 more career innings than Scherzer. Uh, and the workload will only grow this October. I think, I mean, I'm just, it, it's unfair to say, oh, a breakdown's coming for Verlander when it's not coming for Scherzer. Um, and I, I mean, we thought that Verlander had that breakdown four years ago. Uh, when you know when he had that uh, 4.54 ERA and 32 starts with the Tigers, so and there's probably no reason to think that that he won't be the same guy next year. But um, you've got to trust your in- instincts on some of this stuff. So you had uh, Luis Severino at eight, is that right? Yeah. So uh, uh, give me your case. Where did you have him first? Uh, he's outside of my top ten, not okay, not far man. off though. He he was right on my fr- on the fringes. I have Trevor Bauer there too. Um, they were yeah. kind of the guys that got squeezed out ultimately. Yeah, I mean, he probably would have been in my top three had we done this episode in July. Um, had a breakout season in 2017. Was terrific in the first half this year, at least the first two months. Um, but yeah, has a 6.35 ERA and 51 innings since the all-star break. It's not a big sample size, but I don't think it's a small one either. Um, ERA for the year is up to 3.46 entering play, uh, on Thursday night. Uh, the strikeouts are still there. The fastball velocity remains among the best of any major league starter still has three starts remaining in the regular season and, and probably pitches the American league wildcard game for the Yankees. So We'll see. He had a positive start last time out. Um, I think this second half fade might just wind up making him a good value in drafts next year. It's possible, yeah. Uh, I, I, I did consider not putting him in my top ten, but I mean, like I said, he would have been a top three guy for me if if we had done this two months ago. And I put Noah Syndergaard tenth, so right ahead of Severino. And for me, this is all about potential. I mean, that's really all it's been about um, with Syndergaard yeah. over the past two years. Limited to seven starts last year with a lat injury, um, then missed a bunch of time this year with a finger injury. Also had that brief stint on the DL with the hand, foot, and mouth disease. Um, in between that, he's been fine, but just a little off at the same time. Um, it's kind of hard to explain, but um, if he can stay healthy, there's still massive potential here. I think ultimately being in the National League gives him the edge over guys like Trevor Bauer and Luis Severino for me. Just a little bit more confidence um, that he he can get back to where he belongs. Um, but no doubt Bauer and Severino are, are right on his heels here. But I think, I think Syndergaard's another guy that could be a really nice value next year. Yeah, he, he was one of the guys on my bubble. Steven Strasburg on the bubble down year, but with better health can be, you know, he's proven capable of being a top five guy. Uh, Madison Bumgarner, uh, yeah. not as good this year. Crazy to me that he's only 29 years old. Um, feels more like 33 or 34. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Trevor Bauer, like you said, uh, 2.22 ERA, 214 strikeouts in 166 innings before the leg fracture. James Paxton, uh, capable of big things if he can ever stay healthy for 200 innings. Carlos Carrasco, mentioned him earlier, capable of top 10 production. I think um, a guy who could jump into the mix is Walker Bueller. Yeah, I'm into um, that. Yeah, could 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 turn into a legitimate ace next year. Um, Jack Flaherty too, I think, is a sneaky possible top 15 starter next year. Yeah, I mean, what I just did my three sport fantasy draft where we were drafting baseball for next year, um, and Flaherty was a big one. Was a breakout guy for next year. Very very popular. Um, 22 years old. Yeah, I mean the. He he would be the 
runaway favorite for National League Rookie of the Year if Ronald Acuna and Juan Soto weren't people. <laughs> <laughs> I should say in that league, I managed to get Walker Bueller, so I'm pretty happy about that. Um, yeah, that's awesome. So we have a lot more to come as we as we look ahead to 2019. Next week, uh, we're going to go through the first two rounds uh, projected of fantasy drafts. So I think that'll be a lot of fun. And then in the in the final regular season episode, we're going to go over fantasy disappointments and surprises. So a lot to look forward to with that. But we're not done here this week. Uh, we're going to leave you guys with some waiver wire pickups and streaming options uh, moving forward. Uh, the guys I'm mentioning here were all featured in Waiver Wired this week. That's my weekly column at rotoworld.com, so be sure to check that out. Um, Kevin Kiermaier was featured in the, this week's column, and he's had this ridiculous tear to, be, to begin the month of September. And this is really after being a non-factor for basically the whole season. Um, he's had 14 hits and 28 at-bats this month, including three homers, two doubles, two triples. He scored eight runs in that time. Kiermaier actually missed a couple of games this week with an illness, but he returned to action on Wednesday, had a triple and a sacrifice fly, so feeling good about him. He's been all sorts of banged up, like I mentioned. Two months on the DL with a torn ligament in his right thumb, but it looks like he's feeling good now, finally healthy. He's been a productive mixed league option in the past. Well worth a shot. Go scoop him up where he's still available. A couple of pitching options, and this is looking ahead to next week. Plans can obviously change this late in the season, but uh, Royals right-hander Brad Keller projects to face the Pirates on, mon- on Monday before getting the Tigers next Sunday. So two really good matchups. Keller's a Rule 5 pick, spent time between the bullpen and the rotation this season. But he has a 3-2-6 ERA in his 18 starts. That includes a 2-4-5 ERA since the beginning of August. We're not seeing huge strikeout totals, but the control's been good recently. He's inducing grounders, so I really like those matchups. Another one for me, and this is someone we mentioned in previous weeks, Derek Holland. Uh, He's coming off another fine performance against the Braves on Wednesday. He's now allowed two earned runs or fewer in six straight starts, has a 3-4-6 ERA on the year with just about a strikeout per inning, and his next two starts come against the Padres, uh, which is obviously very inviting if you want more strikeouts. Holland should be rostered pretty much everywhere, and somehow he's not, which is curious, but I think we need to rectify that. Yeah, a couple of deep dives here for me. Uh, Luis Ortiz of the Orioles will make his first major league start on Friday at home against the White Sox. Uh, Ortiz was the centerpiece in the trade package from the Brewers for Jonathan Scope. He got lit up in a relief appearance last week at Tampa Bay, but it was his major league debut, and he was working in an unfamiliar bullpen role. Posted good numbers as a starter in the minors, a 3.25 ERA, 308 strikeouts, and 355 career minor league innings. Favorable matchup against the White Sox. The 22-year-old right-hander is available in pretty much every non-dynasty league. Um, Then Chase DeYoung of the Twins pitching at Kansas City on Saturday. Uh, He worked four scoreless innings with five strikeouts against the Royals last week in his Twins debut. Gets to match up with them again. They're 29th in run scored in the majors. Um, DeYoung was acquired from the Mariners on July 30th for Zach Duke. Had a 3.66 ERA in 160 innings this year between AA and AAA. Missed a lot of bats as a reliever earlier in his professional career in the lower minors. Um, was converted into a starter on the strikeout. Has not The strikeout rate has not been so great. But, I mean, you want to stream pitchers against the Royals right now, as you have all year pretty much. And, and DeYoung is available out there in 99% of leagues. So 
my two guys are kind of desperation plays, but but I like them both to pitch pretty well. Yeah, in competitive formats, those are sometimes the guys you have to take a chance on this late in the year. Yep. So um, that'll do it for us this week. Um, and if you like what you're hearing with this show, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, a bunch of other places. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts, please consider rating and reviewing the show as well. Follow us on Twitter if you don't already. I'm at DJ Short, Drew's at Drew Silk, and we'll see you next time. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.